a reading from the book of the prophet Zechariah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, there shall yet come peoples, the inhabitants of many cities, and the inhabitants of one city shall approach those of another and say, come, let us go to implore the favor of the Lord, and I too will go to seek the Lord. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to implore the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, 10 men of every nationality, speaking different tongues, shall take hold, yes, take hold of every Jew by the edge of his garment and say, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Verbum Domini. God is with us. His foundation upon the holy mountains, the Lord loves, the gates of Zion, more than any dwelling of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I tell of Egypt and Babylon, among those that know the Lord, of Philistia, Tyre, Ethiopia. This man was born there. And of Zion they shall say, one and all were born in her, and he who has established her is the Most High Lord. They shall note when the peoples are enrolled, this man was born there, and all shall sing in their festive dance, my home is within you. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, o Lord. 
When the days for Jesus to be taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. The Gospel of the Lord. We welcome Deacon Charlie Echeverry, who is from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's here for some exciting possibilities, meetings for EWTN and for reaching more souls in the future. So please keep that in your prayers, the meetings today, as uh, again, we seek to reach more souls for the gospel of Christ. And you know, in the prophets, we hear again and again a number of times how all the nations are called to come to God. And so, for example, at the beginning of the prophet Isaiah, we hear these words, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord should be established as the highest of the mountains, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, that he may teach us in his ways, that we may walk in his paths. And then at the end of the book of the prophet Isaiah, and also this chapter 2 verses that I just read are also repeated in the prophet Micah chapter 4. But at the end of Isaiah's prophecies, chapter 56, we see these words. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, who holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And in fact, Jesus quotes this very verse in Mark's gospel, chapter 11, after he cleanses this, the temple. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And how does the longest of the gospels, the gospel of Matthew, conclude? 
It concludes with the Great Commission, where our Lord says these words, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And again, we heard this in Zechariah, the prophet that we had today, chapter 8. Thus says the Lord, there shall yet come peoples, inhabitants of many cities, who will say, come, let us implore the favor of the Lord. I too will seek the Lord. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts. So you see again and again this theme already in the Old Testament, and then made even more clear with a greater authority in our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of the nations are to be disciples of the Lord. You know, recently I received a letter from a couple that grew up in Belgium. They were born in Belgium. They were there during the Second World War. In fact, uh, the man Tony, Tony and Chantel, that Tony said that his, his uh, aunt was a, a religious sister and because the bombing was going on in the area in Belgium where they were, that their parents convinced the sister to take them into the school that they had in a safer part of Belgium. And that was where he received his first Holy Communion. But he thought it was important to mention that the very first missionaries to the New World were from Belgium. That they were Franciscan friars that came from Belgium two priests, two Franciscan priests, and one Franciscan brother. And the most well-known of those Franciscans was the lay brother, Pedro de Ghent, or Gant in Spanish, Pedro. And they arrived on August 13, in 1523, 500 years ago, that they first arrived in Veracruz, Mexico, to bring the gospel there. And he sent along uh, a doctoral dissertation that was done on this. And within that doctoral dissertation, he has actually a letter of Pedro de Ghent that he wrote six years after he arrived to his brothers back in Belgium. And in some interesting details, he talks about what he encountered when he first arrived in the New World. He talks about the horror of human sacrifices that were going on. That the native peoples, that they were motivated not by love or virtue, but by fear. And you try to outdo your neighbor to appease the gods. And they had gods for various things. And that could be even something as horrible as offering your own children, your own infants in sacrifice. And so there are all of this horrible things that gods were often dedicated to snakes and serpents. And so they're bringing now something totally different, not to be motivated by fear, trying to appease these gods to be feared, try to outdo your neighbor by offering something greater, but rather to be motivated by love and by virtue as our Lord taught 
And so in today's gospel, James and John say, should we call down fire from heaven? <laughs> the Lord rebukes them. He came not to condemn, but to save. We learn in John's gospel. And so this is the saving message of the gospel. But let me give you a few of the details that he wrote in his letter six years after he arrived in 1529 to his Belgian confreres back in Belgium. He said that he had almost lost totally the use of his Flemish language because he had been so adept at learning the native Aztec language. And he says that, um, again, at those th things that I illustrated, the things that were going on there, and because of the troubles that he was going through, he said, I was often tempted to return back to Belgium, but he said, the Lord guided me and saved me. May he be blessed forever and ever. And so he would teach. And what would he teach the native people, especially the children, he, hundreds of them? He would teach them Latin and music. He would teach them the faith. And he would also teach them trades, things that would be helpful to them in their own lives. But I came across, as I was doing some research on Pedro de Gant, that the very first catechism he produced was actually a picture catechism. In fact, this is the oldest picture catechism in existence. Testeriano is what it's called. And so it's interesting here how, when he didn't yet know the language, that he was trying to communicate the faith to them. So you can see here, it looks like a priest is offering the mass on an altar. So that's, it's actually got 1,100 illustrations in this picture catechism. Here's another one, and it seems like this is the chalice and the, the host here. Some of them, I'm not sure what the symbolism means. But then this one, this is obviously the Blessed Virgin Mary, and there's a line drawing IHS to her womb. So speaking about the incarnation. And so simple ways, finding ways to be able to communicate the faith. But here's what he says in that training the young people in the truths of our faith that he found especially, he said like 150 of these boys, and he especially paid attention to them as far as he would give them something to go out to the other cities. And he would tell them what to say for that Sunday, what message they were to bring that Sunday. He would go over it with them. And 150 of them would go out to these various cities and these villages in the area, and they would preach the gospel. And I think what that tells us is that it wasn't dependent on them, but in the power of the gospel. You see, the power itself, the gospel itself has this power within it, the power of truth, the power of God's word, the power of grace at work. And so even these little boys being sent out to these villages taught some of the rudiments of the faith, could hand that on to others, and it would continue to grow. And so much so that he said that sometimes he was baptizing 15,000 in a day. 
he literally baptized hundreds of thousands of people. He was there for almost 50 years evangelizing. He founded a school dedicated to St. Joseph in which, again, to instruct not only in the faith, but also in trades and things that would benefit them in their life. So all of this really points to the beauty of our, our faith. And imagine we often take for granted the foundation on which Western civilization has been built. But there's a reason why we have an understanding that we need to treat each other with dignity. That comes from our heritage, from the faith that has grown in Western civilization, that evangelists like Pedro de Gant carried to the new world and evangelized and brought that gospel truths, which brought this change together with Our Lady of Guadalupe, of course, bringing about uh, a change from something quite horrible, human sacrifice, to something quite beautiful, not being motivated by fear, but by me being motivated by virtue and by love. And we all have our own responsibility to share the faith. You know that our faith will never grow unless we share it. And I like the example that I heard years ago of the Holy Land. And there are two seas in the Holy Land. There's the Sea of Galilee further north, and then there's the Dead Sea in the south. The Sea of Galilee has the waters coming from the mountains in the north, and then it also has an outlet in the Jordan River that flows down to the Dead Sea, which only receives the water. It's dead. <laughs> There's no vitality there. The Sea of Galilee has both the waters from above coming within it, but then it's also got this outlet. And our faith, too, is going to grow in the sharing of it. And perhaps some of you, especially those who may be homebound, are saying, well, I could never be a, a missionary. I never have an opportunity to share the faith. But that's not true. We have here at EWTN, as we seek to spread the gospel and find new ways to be able to evangelize. We have our media missionaries. And that can be, you know, St. Therese, whom we just celebrated. She's one of the patrons of the church's, universe, uh, church's evangelization efforts. She never left the monastery. She dedicated her life to prayer, interceding for the church's missionary work. So some of you are called to that others in more direct ways in your encounters with people. And if you go to EWTNmissionaries.com, you can see the website there in which you can be part of our own missionary activity. Because the gospel, again, always brings something good. It changes us for the better. The more that we embrace it, the more that it becomes our life. And that's why Jesus, his last words in Matthew's gospel, Go and tell all the nations everything that I have commanded you and baptize them. Give them the sacramental graces, too, that I want to impart to them. This new life that he came to give us, that Pedro could try to illustrate in some way the truths of our faith, like the Mass and the Eucharist and the Incarnation, these beauties, uh, beautiful truths of our faith that we can share with others. And so I invite you to be a part of our own missionary activity, bringing that gospel to others through 
this great work that God has raised up of EWTN or in your own individual ways and inspirations as the Lord may guide you.